Hello Borough fans, Jimmy Ginelli here. Welcome to our new podcast, Borough Talk. Our first guest this week is Richard Lavery, former and Eaton captain, now assistant manager to myself. Thanks for your questions and we hope you enjoy it. Make the questions very hard for me. I've got good knowledge about the Neaton Borough. Thank you, JG. So, um, a lot of fans that have asked would would like to know in terms of what's happening next season in terms of contracts and players that will be coming in. So, is there anything you can add on that? Okay, so obviously all the players are out of contract. We've got no toys to any, any player. Um, we're not going to hand a lot of contracts out maybe one or two next season. But apart from that, we've obviously got a clean slate, like I said before. Mm. And players coming in, Jake. So, obviously, we have spoke to quite a few players and um, they have contacted us. We've spoke to a few players. But obviously, with the way things are at the minute, obviously, we're not signing anybody yet because we don't know what's going on. So, our hands are tied as well as the players, really, at the minute. Yes, yes. See, um, just on that... Um... Also, a lot of fans were saying, when do you think it will be that the fans will be at Liberty Way? You know, obviously with the virus, is it yeah. like that we're not going to see fans? Or No, I think, I think obviously it, it, something's got to happen sooner rather than later. So I think obviously we will see fans, but I don't think we're going to start. Well, no one knows when we're going to start because obviously the Premiership's up in the air. So we'll go on the Premiership really because when the Premiership finishes, they've, they've got to start again, a pre-season, they've got to have a break. So, realistically, we're probably way down the line. So, we're waiting for the Premiership to see what they're doing. And then, obviously, that will just filter down to the rest of the leagues, really. So, we will see fans. I don't think we're going to play behind closed doors ourselves. Obviously, the Premiership might, but I don't think we will. Where do you think that we might have finished if we did play out the season? Okay, so how many games do we have left? Do we have nine left, do we? Nine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 27 well, we we would have won eight to them, so you do your sums. What do, do you your re- sums. What do you reckon, lad? <laughs> do your sums. And how many points are we off the playoffs? Three. We were three points off the playoffs. So we had nine games Five. left. Yeah, it was all. We can't say where we would have finished. Obviously, we, we were still going for the playoffs. We had a few indifferent results in the last couple of weeks, i.e. Redditch. Um, but we had a quite a steady side at the end, really. So we, yeah, we, could, we were still aiming for the playoffs, uh, Jake. And just lastly from me, um, in turn the next season, what is the aim? The aim for me and Jimmy is definitely a minimum playoffs for us. You agree, Jimmy? Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's, um, I think there's a, a lot more... It's, the ship seems a lot more settled and um, I think we can start taking, setting targets and I think the playoffs is a must next year for us. And like I said before, Jake, if we don't, I think we don't make the playoffs and... Uh, me and Jimmy hold our hands up that we've failed I think personally if we don't make the playoffs we've got a clean slate to work with so it'll be our team that we put together this season which is obviously Jake putting a lot of pressure on the management team but if you don't put yourselves give yourself good targets and tasks to do then you're wasting your own breath anyway so we're both born winners and uh, we must we must be aiming at least to be in the playoffs I think if we can replicate Tamworth's uh, relegation to having a tough, tough season, finishing below halfway last the year before, to Tamworth seemed to have had it organised and set up, and I think we're about the same. I think it's Tamworth model of what happened to them. If we can follow that, then surely we'll be in the playoffs next year. Which it's our turn now. It's this is 
really is our team. We're not carrying five or six people from the Lee Thorne, uh, Nick Hawkins era. It's it's 100%. Everybody we saw in this time will be on, on the back of me and Labs. In terms of, obviously, this season, why do you think that they're absolutely flying high? And, obviously, the likes of us have, like, found it hard. No, I think... Um, I just, I just think. Listen, you have to. It's like anything in life. You know, you you buy a new house, you 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 build on it. You, you know, you don't walk into an house that's lovely, dear. We've walked into a football club that was tattered yeah. and torn, and and it's taken a long time. The guys at Tamworth, they're probably head and shoulders in front of us because they've walked into a brand new place with a brand new three G. Money coming in, they've got a, a multi-millionaire chairman, and and uh, Tamworth learns very quickly that they've they've got a three G. Danny signed players. That w- that want to work and play on a three G. So there's there is a difference set of players around to the grass and, and three G. Um, you know, I know better players on three G than grass, and you know, simple as really. But um, I, I I just think that we've now this house looks a bit better. It's in a bit better shape. Um, I, I think we'll be okay. I think we I think we've learned a lot, and we know what we've got. The foundations that we've got to work with is uh, I, I am hoping that. We come through the door this year, and when we when we come through, that everything's set in place, and we can just play football and, and run a football club, other than sort of like trying to run seven different departments. And by the way, the head and shoulders above us, I thought we battered them in the three all. I know they're not out the FA Cup, but yeah, we would have beat them here. And, you know, so um, head and shoulders above. I don't, I don't think head and shoulders above, but a little bit better, a little bit more organised. Um, hell of a lot more money than us. Got a really, really, really big squad. Um, you know, and fair play, that's down to the chairman to back, back the management. Um, uh, and that's why Tamworth are probably top. They probably have got the most money and they've probably got, you know, the players on the highest money and everything. And, and fair play to them, you know what I mean? I feel sorry for Tamworth and I feel sorry for, for Gaz and I feel sorry for Bob Andrews that they ain't sort of like going on as champions. But if I was watching the right script, I think Royston were coming with a flying finish and I think Royston might have won it, me. The few teams that was up there, at, yeah, and obviously say Royston... Um, uh, Peterborough Sports that was up there it would have been interesting to see who would have won the league um, hey, we'll never know mate we'll never know yeah see I, I, think what I, I, I actually thought it was either Tamworth or maybe Bromsgrove that would have won the league oh hey listen that one thing one thing that we've all learned this season it is only a brand new league been put together you know this Midland Central um, you, you know, Southern Central, whatever it is, it's supposed to be a Midlands League, but you got your Roystons and your Loystons and your and your teams like that in it. I don't think anybody could have called a winner because it was that wide open, and I think it'll be as wide open next year. And it's just the, it's just going to be um, the team with the most and best organisation, and 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 the team that sort of like prepared better than the other teams and ain't let anything slip. Where I think a lot went slipping by the first. First half of the season slipped by the wayside by all of us and um, we didn't take it as serious and uh, I think we've all learnt it now. Uh, me and Labs are old school people. I, I mean, uh, we, we, we learn very quick uh, and, you, and you only have to give me a year in the league and I think I'll understand it and I think I understand what teams and what level and, and what sort of finance and what sort of players they've got. So I, I think we'll be hell of, a, hell of a lot more prepared this season coming than, than we were last season. Labs, um, talking about being prepared for this um, this league. Obviously, you won the same league with Kettering the season before. What was that um, campaign like at Kettering, and how did you find the, the league compared to this season? 
I don't think I don't think the league is very strong. If I'm being personal, I don't, I don't think the league is very strong. Uh, I might be a bit harsh here. Yeah. I think it's probably five good sides, good good sides, and the rest can beat anybody really. I just think it's uh, the year when it was catching the year before. I don't think it was as strong even. So there's Kingsland in it, obviously ourselves Kettering, Kingsland, and then much to much really. But we had a good we had a good squad. We had good individual players. We had three or four match winners that could win a game at any time. So I think that was a difference, really. And we, uh, we, were good at, we were good at home. Like, obviously, we weren't an Eton, really. We just pour away. But a catcher, we would go away and we'd nick a 1-0 um, quite a few times in the season. We've probably done it four or five times just nick a 1-0 away from home. And I think me and Jimmy just said the same. Next season, we've probably got to do that, really. Um, we probably went and tried to win the game comfortably, 2 or 3 nil, and I think sometimes the best result in football is a 1-0, isn't it? Especially away from home. Yeah. And with obviously the chance of playing in the National League, was it North that Kettering went into? And then you came yes, to... Mate, yeah. What was it that persuaded you to join and come back to Liberty Way? Well, obviously, I live in the Neaton. Obviously, I've known Jimmy. I've worked with Jimmy. I've played, uh, played for Jimmy. Um, Neaton is my probably hometown club. I made a lot of appearances from the Neaton. So... It was a no-brainer when Jimmy uh, obviously phoned me up uh, to come in. Obviously, it's on my doorstep as well. And obviously, I know, I know what the meeting's about. I know where it could be. I know, obviously, over the last few years, it hasn't been the same as over the past years. But hopefully, me and Jimmy will get it right. And do you believe that next year, because obviously, last year you had a day or an hour to shoot, do you think this year could be the chance that you can do it? Yeah, well, I think, personally, like I just said before, uh, Josh, if, if we fail, then <laughs> I'll, ha- I'll happily walk. I'll happily walk away if we fail, and the fans want that. That's, that's not an issue for me. And it's probably the same with Jimmy. We're, we're, we're both winners. We're, we're doing it. We're not doing it for anything else. We're doing it to for an Eton. We know how big a club an Eton is, and we want to try and get it back on the on the football pyramid where it was years ago, with over a thousand fans, like it, like year, like, like seven years ago. Yeah, with your time playing at Nuneaton. Is there a certain moment that um, stands out during like, your um, playing career? Yeah. I, had, I, had, I had probably three stints in the today over my career. Obviously, one, one as a kid. Uh, the second one was uh, when we were in the conference. Obviously, we were playing against teams like your Doncasters, your Yeovils, when it was first uh, televised on. I think it was, was it not BT Sports? What was the other one it was on um, when it first started out? It might have been, it might have been Sky. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Was it, was it Sky, Jimmy? Was it was on Sky? Sky originally, weren't it? It's on Sky yeah, and then yeah, went yeah. to BT. Sports, That's yeah. right. So Sky years ago. So we had to, we had some massive games down at Manor Park. Not not any games really stand out for me. Um, obviously, we got into the playoffs. The time I come back before, um, I went to went to Bar where we got into the playoffs. There we lost in the semi final, I think. Um, but I had some great times down there, mate. It's play, playing wise and played in, in front of some great crowds at Manor Park. And me and Jimmy are going to try and get that back at Liberty Way. So, do you think um, the fact that you spent three stints of your career at Nuneaton, do you think that helped you make your decision this time last year to join Jimmy? Yeah, all, all day long, mate. I know a lot of people down there. Like I say, I, play, I played for Nuneaton. I made a lot of appearances. I, I was captain. Um, so, it was a, a no-brainer when Jimmy uh, made... Well, I think Jimmy spoke to me before the season finished, really. Um, and I'd already decided I was going to leave Kettering. I'd only gone there for really a season, really, with Marcus. We'd gone there, we wanted to do. We won the league. And then I... Uh, Obviously, come to Nuneaton. Yeah, we've got a question from um, Borough Radio about um, you, Labs. As a player, what did you think was your best attribute 
And if you asked a, a, an uneaten fan, do you think they would agree? <laughs> Depends what fans, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot. Of, I think uh, the way I played and the way I um, controlled myself. Some people might like, some people might not like, but that's the way I played through all my career. I was a, I was a winner. No matter what I do, I, I want to win. Even in life now, I want to win and achieve things. And that's how I went across the football pitch. I made sure I was the fittest person on that football pitch. And I stayed that fit until I was, oh, Jimmy will vouch for this. When I went to Bar while 38, 39, I was still the fittest in the team pre-season. I stayed up there with everybody. And that's the sort of person I am. Um, some, some fans might disagree. You, you like by some, you hate it by some. It, it, it's one of them things, mate, isn't it? Yeah. And do you, so when you're looking at players to start like this summer, you're looking for players to bring into an EM, is that the kind of thing you're looking for players or is it certain other things nowadays like technique and flair? No, so the, game, the game's changed, mate. The game's changed a lot and a lot of players are, are technically good. But a technically good player doesn't mean he's a good footballer. Yeah. Because, because it, just, it doesn't work that way. Oh, oh, and Jimmy will vouch for this as well. I want to see people playing for the Eton because they want to play for the Eton, not for the money, not for what they're getting paid, just for playing for the Eton and to progress as a player or as a club. That's what we're going to look for this year. We're going to get the right changing room and hopefully the right group of players and hopefully we'll, we'll get out of this league. Yeah, this can go towards um, both you and Jimmy. This is from um, Borough Radio as well from Matt. How do you think the game at this level, so non-league, compares to when um, you were playing, Labs, and when you started managing, Jimmer? Well, again, I think you can look at um, look at the Premiership, how far it's come in, in sort of like 10 years. Uh, it's the same with non-league. It's really fast. I've always said for years and years, the biggest business in football at the minute, uh, the biggest business in the world at the minute is football and, and it's proving a point because they're absolutely desperate to get these games on behind closed doors because it is the biggest business around in the world at the minute. Now if Sky can't film these games behind the closed doors then he think to, the, the sponsorship's going to disappear uh, and football have to take a massive backward step um, and so it's, it's ever so hard to judge. It's, it's like, you know, you lads will know Alan Wells doing 100 metres for great for Scotland, you know, back in the day, sprinter. Um, you look at a sprinter now, he'd, he'd knock two or three seconds off Alan Wells sprinting in the Olympics. But every, everything's moved on so far. And uh, I mean, Labs is relatively still very young. Um, I'm touching 57 and I've been in the game for 35, 40 years. It's changed and it's changed. <clears throat> I have one lucky, lucky aspect that I've stayed in it and, and watch it change. Whereas... Uh, let's just use Ron Bradbury, for example. If Ron Bradbury was to try and come back into this changing room world now um, and try and put a training session on and put a, uh, a, a good old Ron Bradbury, Bob Stockley, it, you, it ain't the same. It's totally different. These players are finely tuned athletes, um, totally different to your Rich Lavery. Rich Lavery is a finely tuned athlete, but it was an absolute warrior on the pitch where if, if, if somebody like Rich Lavery was around today, he'd probably get pulled up for every tackle header he went for because the refereeing is being instructed to blow up for that. And it's changed and changed and changed and changed. And, you know, I'll watch Labs now, a young manager is coming through the managing world. It's, it's different. It's very, very different. And our training sessions have to change because we've got to work more about, you're right, Josh, technique rather than, you know, you have to have a fit side, but it's mainly about technique and being good on the ball and being good, good receiver of the ball and, 
and you know good awareness and yeah, so that's where I am. I just think it's moving. You, you, Josh, Jay, you're young lads, you're just coming into it. If you, was, if you had to watch us train 20 years ago, you know, we didn't, we didn't train with the football. We just, we just ran. You know, we just run around the, the grass and, and we'd be in the stand at Manor Park. We'd be running up and down the steps, heading balls on big strings, you know, with, with no laces in, just, really, just, just to practice your header. Now, now, if you ask somebody to run up the stand and jump up and add an header at the back of the stand, you might fall over. You've got, you've got, no chance because we get sued for it. So it's uh, it's evolving very very quickly, mate. Labs would love that. Labs would jump. I'd love that. Yeah, get in there, mate. I'll do that. And Labs, what about you? you? They were a player to when you used to play. Yeah, well, I, I just think the game, like Jimmy said, the game has changed, and it, it shows you how the game changed when your goalie last season for us was our best passer because Tony could get the ball out his feet and he could start an attack. So. That tells you something about goalies nowadays. Goalies have to play with their feet, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Years ago, goalies wouldn't have done that. Goalies got it in, the, caught the ball, and then they kicked it as far up the pitch, wouldn't they? Now, it's very rarely a goalie will, will just kick it. He'll try and find the right back, find the centre half, and go. But me and Jimmy are also playing football, but he's playing it the right way. It's no good having loads of passes that are not getting nowhere. We want to play football and, and, and make the crowd happy, but on the other side, we want to win. Yeah. So we, we have got to move on and from years ago, but move on with a purpose. Yeah. So um, one thing that I'm inter- one thing that I'm interested about is kind of you speak on the pitch. What was the whole last season? What was the whole reasoning behind playing a three-five-two and then like a four at the back? I just think it was a clientele we had, mate. Um, regarding, oh, I do like three centre halves. But sometimes you can't play that if you haven't got the clientele. And I do like four four two. It's old school, but everyone knows their jobs in the four four two. Um, but you yeah. do change at Ketter and we changed every week and played different formations depending on who we were playing against and the opposition. So you, you can change. It's having the versatility to change. Mm. So it's having it's, it's having the availability of your players. I mean, none of the fans. Um, you're never going to scream it from the rooftops on a Thursday night. Me and Labs might come in the office and we might turn around and say, we've got four centre-halves at the club, three of them are injured. You might turn around and say, you've got two or three full-backs at the club, two of them are injured. Um, easiest way out is to have that 20-man squad that's versatile and you turn around and say, right, listen, it won't hurt us. We're at home, we're on the big pitch, three centre-halves. Hey, it won't hurt We've got nobody available, play 4-4-2 and then get everybody to understand the job. So it is, it's... When people say, what's your favourite formation? I think all managers are lying when they say, I do this, I do that. We don't, none of us really do it. We get there Thursday night and we say, well, he's injured, he's injured, he's injured. Right, now scribble your side down. In non-league, it normally gets forced on you. What are you going to play? Um, but three, we, we, me and Labs, I've, I've won league titles many a time with three centre-halves. Um, that's, that's my favourite, yeah. You know, you, you can only do, you can only play the cards that you've got available to you. Would you say, so you say that you've, you've got to play the cards that are available to you. Would you say overall that your first season working together in terms of coaching has been a success? Last season, you, you last season you're talking about? Yeah, so this season just gone. Like you, your two's first yeah. season working together. Would you say, are you pleased with how it's gone? Uh, me, me personally, I'll be honest, no. Because obviously we didn't achieve. I know the season finished, but... For me, to come into nation, I wanted to win the league because I wanted to carry on what I did at Kettering. And obviously, it didn't materialise. But I'm not saying it won't materialise because it's the first year I've worked with Jimmy 
and obviously Dale was there. There was three of us working and doing doing different jobs. This year, there's only me and Jimmy. So we'll see where we go from there, really. Yeah, and a follow-up from... Um, but the situation in the club is a lot better compared to this time last year from when you joined. Is it a satisfying feeling seeing where the club is at now compared to this time last year? Well, as we all know, mate, Jimmy does a hell of a lot of work behind the scenes. And no, I don't think, well, the fans probably, some of the fans won't see it, but Jimmy's down there every day and he's got the club in, the, obviously, out of a massive hole and debt. And I, I don't think he gets uh, the respect that he's due, really, because without Jimmy, I'm not being funny, that club's not there today. Nobody would have come in and done what he'd done. And last year, he got caught up in all of it regarding the finances and that he didn't contract the football. This year, Hopefully, we'll have no debt to start off with. It's a, it's, hard to, it's a clean slate for me and Jimmy to work with. So, we'll be judged on this season. Um, you were saying on the phone to me earlier that it's a lot more positive feeling around the club at the minute compared to this time last year. Um, how does that feel for you, obviously, being a local, a local lad? No, listen, I'll do it very quickly because the fans and people are fed up of hearing it. Um, it was boring. We got told there was £70,000 with the debt. There was... It was an absolute sham from from Mr. Nick Hawkins. I, I like Nick; he's a good lad and everything. But there weren't seventy thousand. There was two hundred and twenty thousand. And between the fans and the directors and the people that are helping run this, we've got that down now to about forty thousand quid. Uh, forty thousand quid a debt at a football club is is, is probably around eighty percent of non-league people. Um, the league clubs have probably got more than that. As you can see, they're all struggling. But uh, just to have forty thousand, and it's only one major or two major creditors that we owe so yeah the the, the attitude and the, and the belief around the club at the minute is 100% better than last year uh, and I'm trying to get all the jobs done behind the scenes so all my staff in the building on the football and the players can come in and just be involved in football that's when you'll see the best of Jimmy Ginelli Rich Lavery um, if we can get us, uh, what we want to get going in the change rooms on the pitch um, you know, I don't, I don't make promises, but I'm, I'm 100% sure inside myself that I feel for football. I've got the feel factor for football back, and it's not about raising money because I don't think I've got to do too much of that this year because we're budgeting for the right amount of fans to come through, which will pay the players, and uh, I'd only have to get 50% of the sponsors I got last year have already agreed to stay with us. So things are very, very bright down in Eatonborough at the minute this year. And um, I've saw on your videos on Facebook that you've been getting the pitch done. How's the pitch looking now compared to the Peterborough sports game when it was like a, like a puddle of mud? Yeah, again, I think me labs at the time we took a gamble. Peterborough sports, shall we play it? If we'd have got them three points, we'd have probably gone into the top five in a strong position. Um, you take them gambles. Um, we worked the socks off. We got the game on. Um, again, I spoke to Jimmy Dean, the manager. He was telling me, just two weeks ago, that uh, laughing and joking. He's kept his side together. Everybody's agreed to stay. Um, they're only working off a certain budget, about the same as us. Uh, I thought they looked a very, very good side towards the second half of the season. Uh, took six points off us. Um, and Jimmy Dean, let me tell you this, I'll put on record, you ain't having six points next year, my friend. Um, then Eatonborough will probably be better than Peterborough next year. So th <laughs> things will be changing. Things will be changing. We're going to sign players that want to play for us as well. So... You know, we're unpicking this group. Last year, it was 500 quid available. Um, and all the football will just come running for the money. Uh, and, and, and we can't do that this year. We've just got to get a group around this that we can trust. Uh, and they want to want to, they've got to want to play football and, and, and be part of the club afterwards and have a beer with the fans and, 
Yeah, um, you mentioned earlier that you've had some help on the um, pitch. How did that come about and how's, how's that going? Um, the pitch last year, Troy Belford used to play for Swindon um, in the Football League and he became very good friends with the groundsman. And then last year when Toy saw the pitch in the state it was in, he, uh, he rang Marcus Cassidy up, who's the EFL Groundsman of the Year for the last five years. He is an absolute diamond with football pitches. And he came up to have a look at the pitch for me. Uh, and we agreed that it needed quite a bit of work doing to get it up to the standard that uh, the Conference North anyway. So we, we spent £6,500 on it last year. Um, and he's been up again this year. And he's got it. He's got it ready now for us. So we spent quite a few quid on it again this year to get it ready. Um, he assures me it's in a hell of a lot better shape than it was last year. So I, I, I think Labs will back me up. The pitch was in good, good, good shape last year. It's going to be twice as good this year. So um, you know we didn't have all the sprinklers working. Dave Mather has agreed to become the groundsman. He's just retired from Jag Land Rover. Um, he's down here 24/7 all the time. Dave, um, I can't thank him enough. Uh, it looks it looks very very healthy at the minute, and um, I always I've always liked a good pitch. And when we was at Barwell, me and Labs will tell you we used to win sort of like eighty percent, ninety percent of the away games, but lose the home game um, mainly due to the pitch, really, because we we did get it down and play some good football. And and I think last year, what a lot of the fans didn't quite give us a lot of credit for, we won ten games on the bounce. We lost the opening day three nil, and that was a fluke. Uh, in my eyes, but at the end of the day, we bounced back and we went on a 10-game winning run, um, probably 11, 11 or 12, weren't it, Labs, in the end, and then we yeah. we lost our own record to somebody. Um, that was a 35-year, 36-year record breaker for Nuneaton Borough to, to win 10, 11 games or 12 games on the trot at home, um, mainly because we've got a good pitch and we can get it down and play. So I'm desperate for the pitch to be good for the lads so we can play some good football. And, and it looks great on the eye anyway for the supporters. It also looks great on the eye for uh, a player that me and Labs will probably invite down to have chats with. And if you sit him outside the dugout uh, or on the deck in looking over, um, he'll like what he sees. And uh, we, we, we're doing a hell of a lot of work behind the scenes. We're having a new gym put in. Um, we're sorting the decking out with a bit of AstroTurf. We're AstroTurfing the dugouts and, and tidying it all up. So it will look very, very nice on the eye for any football fan that comes to look at Nanine Borough. And, and I think that's my final piece of the jigsaw then. I've, I've tidied the place up. I've got it all ready. Uh, we've got a nice pitch. We've got a great sprinkler system, great groundsman. Over to me and Rich Lavery to put a good team out there. Yeah. and on I the just end... think on, I just, Sorry, sorry, Josh. I, think, I just to think on the flip side to that. I said, obviously, having a good ground and a nice pitch, sometimes it can work against you as well because, obviously, the away teams do come and they get an extra 20% out of their game, don't they? So, it can work both ways in a way, can't it? Yeah. Um, what are your, both your thoughts on a 4G pitch? Is it something you'd ever want to get done down in Nuneaton or Me, personally, I think it's the only way to go uh, on the revenue finance side. Um, Again, you'll never talk me and Rich Lavery into saying a 3G pitch is better than a grass pitch. But as, as I said earlier, uh, football's the fastest moving business in the world. And the only way you make money, if, if you haven't got that super chairman or, or that sort of like 2,000 crowd, South Shields and FC United and teams like that, you've got to find a way of making money. Um, and if you put a 4G down in this day and age, um, as long as I'm around, I'm sure I'd fill it sort of like 24-7 again. So... 
I, I could absolutely out, sell the pitch out to all the colleges, all the local football teams, um, even, even your Villas and Birmingham's and Wolves and all teams like that. Warsaw, they all want a, a 3G, and they block book it for 12 months. They don't block. They don't book it for a, a session. You'd be looking for teams to book it 40 weeks of the season, and it's a money-making tool, and um, that is the only way to go. I mean, I'd love to stay with grass forever. But with this pitch here, we've got if we kept if we kept a pitch like this, then there's no need to go 4G because if it's at this level um, and it's this flat anyway, we 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 could run with this grass pitch for you know another. I don't suppose I'll be around for long, but he'd certainly be down here for another four or five years. I would have thought. And um, this is not football related. This is just what I'm presuming you've both been at already. How have you found being in lockdown? Obviously, love you said you've been working, Jimmy. You've done all the stuff at the stadium, but how are you finding it? Yeah, I think it's I think it's hard. I think it's hard, mate. Really, when you you can't go out for something to eat, so you can't just do the little things that you normally do. Obviously, people telling you you can't do it. I think it's even ten times worse, isn't it? But like I say, I'm still out. I'm still outside doing what I do, working wise. So it's not really affecting me that much. Um, just the two kids are getting bored. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be, hard, it'd be harder for Labs because Labs has got the two little kids to to to, to deal with. I mean, I have um, I see James as Jackson when I come down the borough because James will come down and do a bit um, a bit of help self distancing. But the three, four, five year old, ten year old, to twelve year old, hey, they they take some looking after mate in this lockdown. And I feel sorry for anybody that's got the three, four, five kids because it's um, I only have to have a couple of hours with little Jackson and he drives me back the barmy. But uh, on the on the flip side of it, I think me personally, and uh, I don't think the missus likes me saying this, but the first three weeks probably gave me, uh, I felt like I was in the Michael Jackson chamber. It gave me the, the recharge, the battery, um, the pressure, the, the hustle and bustle of everyday thing, trying to make sure we're finishing the season off. Um, we was trying to find a hell of a lot of money every month, the, me and the directors, um, to pay the lads. Uh, we had got some big games coming up, so we'd got money coming through. But to find the money that we had to find last year um, was a, a tall order on all of us. Uh, and I think it done us a massive favour to have a two or three week break. And after the third week, I just ended up down the borough to do an odd job. And, and before you know it, we've ended up down here every day doing a, a job just behind the scenes. You know, it's all unpaid. It's all, it's all just doing bits and bobs to help the borough. We tidied the place up immensely. Um, so I... I yeah, I feel sorry for lads with the kids and uh, and that, but it's done a it's done me a, a big favour really to recharge my batteries and get ready for next season. Yeah, um, I think we're coming up to about <clears throat> the ending, so we thought we'd make a little bit of a um, quiz for you two to see how good your knowledge is about Nuneaton. Um, oh Jesus, I've got no chance. Go on. It's about this season though, so you, you, sh- you both should get six out of six. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'll start off with my first one. Who scored for Nuneaton in the 5-3 defeat at Colville in August? Callum Powell. Eamon Verma. One more. Do you want to do it? Do you want to do it, Labs? No, go on. Go on, Edmund. Yeah, correct. (laughs) Do you not know that, Labs? No. No. So, my question is, who was our first away win of the season against and who scored the goal to make it 3-1? <laughs> I don't know what day it is. <laughs> 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 oh, 
I live day to day, Jake, not flipping week to week, month to month. How can I narrow it down? So, um, well, Jimmy it... can do it. Jimmy probably knows it. Leader Market, Jordan Goddard. No, incorrect. Oh. It was again. No. It was against Bromsgrove Sporting. Um, oh, Callum Powell got the deflection over Tony Breeden. Yes, that's the one. Callum Powell. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. was the first away win. Yeah, I'll, I'll, elab I'll elaborate on that. Twelve hundred ninety-four. There. Did you know that? Just, um, just a quick one on that game. Was did that game? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go on. Go on. Um, did that game help you um, make the decision on signing Tona? Or did you already have it in your head that you wanted to bring him in? No, um, Tony Breeden's probably been one of the best goalkeepers in the league above for a long, long time. And um, I think we was all... We, we, we was having a goalie on loan, weren't we? Uh, and, and it was Owen... What was his name? Owen Wright, wasn't it? Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright. Jordan Wright, very good young kid. But I'd got, I'd got a little inkling that Tony wasn't the happiest man there. So... Um, we just dropped a, a little a little message in. Would you be interested? I spoke to Brendan, the manager, and said, "Are you happy with Tony?" He said, "Yeah, Tony's our goalkeeper." Blah blah blah. But you're more than welcome to speak to him. And, and uh, we spoke to him and put an offer on the table, which was pretty much unrefusable, really. Uh, and, and Tony come to play uh, for the Eaton. And I think everybody's everybody will say he's probably one of the good good signings we made. Um, fantastic person around the club. But uh, no, Tony Breeden's been somebody I've, I've, I've sort of like enjoyed watching for a long, long time and always thought, can I sign him? Never had the, never had the clout really, but last year at Nuneaton, we were throwing a few quid about. So we, we went in with something that he couldn't refuse and, and here he is. He's, I think he's just agreed to sign for Nuneaton Borough again this season. So, you know, hopefully we've got the best goalie in the league at this level. And on the um, talk of goalkeepers, how many goalkeepers have you used this season in all competitions? I'll say four, four, five, four, five, four, four. Jake, Lars, what's your final answer? Five. Yeah, it's five. Ty you Belford, know? Cam Belford, yeah. Yeah. Jake Bull's the catcher, isn't he? Young Jake Bull's yeah. the crippling one. Uh, yeah, Owen Wright, Jordan Wright, sorry, and Tony Breed, and five, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was four, but then I remember Starbridge in the FA Trophy. So well, in the league, in the league, it's four. I do know something. Right, in the league, it's four. In the if you're going full, full four, it's five. <laughs> Young Jake out the twenty ones, eighteens coming. Against good questions, good questions, lads. Good questions. I like them. So my second question is: Where did Mitchell Candlin make his first appearance? Home, weren't it? Home against Starbridge. Incorrect. Oh, apologies. The game before oh, then on the Saturday lab. My first match away, and it was away to Biggles Way Town. That's right. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, we <laughs> started. Oh, he come on a sub, didn't he? Yeah, we he lost. Come on a sub. Come on, second half. Yeah, he come on about twenty minutes to go, didn't he? Half an hour to go. Yeah, yeah. we thought. He, yeah, yeah, and he, he Jake, didn't play Josh, very well. Jake. Jake, Josh, tricky questions because you're asking like full debuts or his debut is 
he come on the off the bench yet. His full debut at Starbridge, he got the first goal or second goal with Lincoln. He was, with he, he was he was superb in that game, weren't he, Starbridge? Right? The four now, he was brilliant. That was probably our best uh, team performance, I think, wasn't it? That our bombs Grove. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I'd say I'd say that it was in fact away to Hennesford Town. Oh, would you? See, I wouldn't know. Yeah. I wouldn't know. I think Salvage at home and Bromsgrove away were probably better than Hensford, but that's my opinion. Salvage were top of the league, weren't they, when we played them? Yeah, 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 we, yeah. yeah we just played really well, didn't we? Yeah. I can remember being in the car with um, Amon Verma on the way there, and he said he, he thought you were going to battle them. And I was just like, well, you've just lost 2 0 to Biggles Way, it's not going to happen. On the way back, it was yeah. like, oh. yeah. yeah. Uh, we did have a bit of bouncing back, though, didn't we? If we lost away, we bounced yeah. back at home, didn't we? Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Um, how many players made their first team debut in the three-one cup victory at Daventry Town in November? How many players? Bonus point if you can name them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say four. Ty, Ty Belford, Nathan Parker, Owen Wassell. Was it Harry Jackson? That's um, one more. Uh, was it oh, oh, the other lad? It went, was it a Thompson? Um, well, was according to the website and the lineup, only three made a debut. Owen Russell had already played before. So, uh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Back. Toy, Bel Toy Belford, Nathan Parker. Who's the and other the one then? Eddie Moore. Eddie Moore, yeah, 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 yeah. Eddie Izzard. He come, he, he come <laughs> on, didn't he? Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Oh, Eddie, 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 Eddie Eagle, yeah, Eddie Eagle. <laughs> Got us, mate. Go on, next one. My last question is, where has been the longest away trip this season? Is it Lyston, Lowestoft or Needham Market? I'm going to go with Lyston. I'm going to go lower stopped. It was, in fact, 163 miles to lower stopped. Yeah. There you go. What was it? It was 154 miles to Lyston and 128 miles to Needham Market. We didn't go need them, so we didn't, we didn't go through that. Yeah. Part time, yeah, part time. <laughs> <laughs> They're earning the big money labs. They they went to went for the money at the Pride Park or somewhere. I bet. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I was at, you know where I was doing. I was at Stafford Rangers v Warrington. Wow. You're doing that. What a bad game that is. I I doing that. I just um the well, only paid me a thin and I got paid for it. So. Well, fair play. If you're going to get paid, mate, that's what you're doing. It's you're learning your job, and I'll I'll say this Can't to you both. You're very very good at your job. <laughs> You're very, very good at your job. Keep doing what you're doing. I can't, I can't believe you bought that headband, though, with the money. <laughs> yeah. Jake <laughs> has um, got one as well. He's just not wearing it. Yeah, because I'm... Yeah, he's keeping quiet. He's more keeping about keeping it. Quiet, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for your time, lads. Yeah. Appreciate no it. problem, lads. Pleasure.